Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in, folks, to the fourth raspy edition of the Corner Booth podcast. I'm your host, Jared Clem. Big show today. We've got Kaepernick and Reed settle their grievance in the NFL. Some AAF action this weekend. One of my favorite dunks in the All-Star game in the last couple of years by our boy Giannis. A dunk contest. I actually had one decent dunk, but the rest were kind of bleh. And <clears throat> much more. So let's get rolling here. All right, Mark, first off, I know you really aren't you really didn't have a chance to watch the AAF this weekend. I did. First off, quick standings update. Hot shots and the Apollos lead the East Western Conferences respectively, 2-0 and 2-0. Commanders fleet are 1-1 in the West, and the Stallions are 0-2. And then you have the Birmingham Iron, who are the most boring team to watch in the AAF, are in second place in the East at 2-0. And then the Memphis Express, probably the worst team in the in the league, followed by the Atlanta Legends, who are just as bad, are both 0-2. All righty. So for the games last night, <clears throat> Um, I mean, last weekend, the Stallions and the Iron, it was a low-scoring game. Stallions kind of took the lead 9 nothing, and uh, the Iron came back with two touchdowns late to get the get the dub. Uh, the Hot Shots and the Express actually was kind of fun to watch. Uh, the Hot Shots ended up coming back at the end. They were down, uh, they were down, they were down 12 nothing at the half, and uh, ripped off about Ripped off 20 points in the second half to come back and win. So, you know. But the best game of the weekend was the Apollos versus the Commanders. The Commanders had to lead the almost the entire game. It was tied at half. It was uh, they were down by one and a half. Then the Commanders kept coming up by eleven, went up by eleven in the third. And in the fourth quarter, the Apollos outscored the Commanders 17-0 for a comeback victory, including a pick six, which was just insane to watch. Because the the crowd the the, the uh, commentators erupted. I was actually pretty impressed with that game. That was real fun to watch. And then of course, see the last game with the Atlanta Legends and the San Diego Fleet. San Diego actually is a decent team. Uh, they have a running back who is short, as hell, and stumpy, and I love him. Hmm. Runs over everything, and it's awesome. He's a chubby Darren Sproles, and he runs through people for touchdowns. I love it. So is he the CJ Anderson of the AAF? Yeah, but he's actually kind of quick. He's kind of like an MJD kind of mold. Oh, wow. He's just stumpy. And he just flies, dude. He had like, I guess, 70 touchdowns at whatever college he went to. It was something crazy. He had something like 70 touchdowns in his career. And I'm like, that's insane. That's math in my head right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like 16, 17 touchdowns that you see. I was going to say, I was like, well, don't hurt yourself. Hey, hey, I'm a journalism major. I had to take intro to intro to advanced uh, liberal algebra for, uh, for my math credit. I will always not understand why math, like classes in general, had to be so named so like different. Just make it basic so people know what the hell they're taking. No, no, no. But, no. Sorry, it was liberal algebra, liberal arts algebra. That's what it was. It was math 103, and then I didn't have to take any math the rest of my college career. Except I mean, for economics, I, which I failed that. And then my professor goes, "Hey, you want a C minus to graduate?" I'm like, "Sure, I'll take it." I'll take it. I, I if it, that guy was like the greatest teacher ever. I think he was here on like a temporary teaching thing from South Korea or something like that. He didn't care. He's just like, I'm here to just to get a get get to pay some money. I'm like, all right, cool. 
but so like you said, I didn't really get a chance at a pretty crazy weekend. Wasn't able to watch much football, as terrible as that is. But the one thing I did see is is do they only have one set of jerseys for each team? Uh for what? The All Star game or oh, No, no, for the AAF. I have no idea. Because I saw the Atlanta Legends in the San Diego Fleet game and their jer- they were both wearing like the dark like color jerseys. And I was like, this is like you got navy going against purple. I don't know. I was I just mean, like so caught off guard. I was like, why wouldn't they try to like I, I guess they don't have away and home uniforms? I don't know, but I was very shocked when I I was like, man, this is why people gave this a I mean, other than I mean they haven't gave it too bad of a start, like people talking about it, but how they're saying the jerseys are too like a CFL or too flashy. And I get it because when you got purple or yeah, purple and gold going against a navy slash uh, gray, navy, gray and yellow, whatever it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you know what? It's so funny. Like I um I um no, I was trying to uh you know watch the games later in life and uh, later in the uh, later in life. Wow. Later in the weekend and <clears throat> it was so funny because I, I actually don't mind the uniforms like. They, they kind of remind me of those uniforms you made in Madden growing up and stuff. Yeah. But, um, so, like, I really didn't hate it that much. But, like, I do understand where people are coming from. I think people got to realize this is the first year of this league, and people really need to understand that, like, it's going to take some time for this league to get more traction. So, I think the reception has gotten so far. And I have a friend of mine. Dude is a snob, hates college football. He's a Cowboys fan. Barely... Oh. He he oh, watch he's he's one of those oh soccer's better I'm like oh god but he said to me and I was so amazed he goes you know what the AAF's not a bad product it's actually kind of fun and it's not like nobody's expecting it to be what the XFL or the USFL promised it would be they're just expecting it to be fun football and I'm that's like the thing, that's the thing the AAF isn't there to, like. Everything I've heard and like from it, it could be Heinz Ward or Bill Polian or somebody of that nature that's involved in the higher ups there, but it, they're not really. They want it to be successful in their its own right, but it's a development league for the NFL. So it's like the G League of the NBA, and I'm pretty sure that teams are going to be affiliated with NFL teams. Am I yeah, correct? I think uh, I think Philadelphia has an affiliate. I think they're affiliated to the Commanders because like four Eagles on that roster. Yeah, so I think that's like a cool little idea. And I said, and Unless the, obviously it won't be successful unless it makes money and gets attention, but I think for the most part it, it's that's not their goal to start. I think their the main goal that they're saying is the development, but also they can't continue to have it unless it makes money. So yeah, I, I think <clears throat> I think you know enough people are watching. I think the ratings are actually pretty decent, but um, it's got to really like they got to market it better. And, like, I think people also have to use the fact there's football post-Super Bowl. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, you can't talk about how you don't want to watch football or you, you miss the football's going to be over and then you have football to watch. And, it, yes, it might not be as high of a uh, talent on the field. but Yeah, but they're more entertaining than some of those games we watched this year. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But uh, speaking, speaking of entertaining games <laughs> – if, unless you have anything, do you have anything else to say about the AF? No, I, it was another good weekend. I'm excited, and I'm probably going to try to watch at least two or three games next weekend. Yeah. 
So transitioning, you said, to uh, amazing, exciting games. The, the All-Star Weekend was this, this past <sighs> weekend. And there was the dunk contest, three-point contest, a skills challenge, and the famous All-Star game that always hits the over. If you ever bet the under on that game, you're an idiot. But Until the one time you do, and it actually hits, which would be hilarious. But I, I get why. It's just it, – I swear it keeps going up. every 178 to 164. They gotta start playing defense in this shit. No, what do you want for what to get a chance to get hurt? I don't hate it, dude. I watched the entire game, and I mean the only part that sucks is when they literally get on a run of just chucking up threes. But I just think it's kind of like I mean you had like Joe Kitch out there like trying to like pick people's pockets and just do a little dumb shit. Like you had uh, Middleton hit like four threes in a row. He's got a smile on his face, just like. These guys are actually enjoying basketball, and there is – and then you got something like – you got Westbrook trying to call out Anthony Davis to go one-on-one, little stuff like that. And then the whole, the second half actually felt like it was more competitive for the most part, but, I mean, to be honest, it was up I, the whole game. I just, huh? the, uh, I just missed the the whole, like, you know, uh, what's it called, like Kobe and Wade getting into it for a scuffle and, like, there's a hard foul on the team. Uh, I mean, I don't want people to get hurt, but, like, uh, I appreciate, like, a little suspense. Well, that's what I said. It always comes down to if the game at the end is close, then it's always fun to watch at the end. But, I mean, I think for the most part, I mean, you had everyone distributed the ball. You had Kevin Durant, who was the MVP, 31 points, seven boards. LeBron James supposedly said before that he uh, thinks there's a good chance if he was going to win MVP. He only had 19 most of those points in the second half. Uh, it was just weird seeing, like, some guy, like some people are not – do not fit in well at the all-star game. Like Bradley Beal was struggling. He could not hit a shot to save his life. And B didn't look like he, like, I feel like big guys, it's tough because they're like, they don't know when they're supposed to shoot. <laughs> like if they don't shoot three. Like Carl Towns. Yeah. I mean, but still like, you know, I mean, they just feel like there's a different feel about them. They don't know if they're like, cause they don't just shoot threes. Like the people that shoot threes, like it's not frowned upon to shoot. Exactly. I mean, it's just—it's honestly, it's a fun game to watch, and I love that dunk by Giannis. And I mean, it's a good thing. It's cool. I mean, I, I don't know. I miss the old days of the Levine Aaron Aaron Gordon dunk contests. Like I miss those things so and much. And that's not even like the old days. That was like the new days that finally we had a good bet. Like, like you said, there's never gonna be like next year. We saw how Giannis was, uh, and it was Giannis and Levine. No, Donovan Mitchell. No, Giannis, Donovan Mitchell, I think Zach Levine even joked around about actually doing it again. And then you're definitely probably going to have Zion in it next year. But you need some type of big-name guys because you, you can't just have Hamadou Diallo. You can't have – I mean, I thought Dennis Smith Jr. would been fine. I thought John Collins was going to be all right. Miles Bridges missed – like, everyone just missed. Like, I'm, I saw the highlights. They missed, like, four dunks, like – you guys got to figure out a dunk that you know you can do. like, Or at least I'll, practice for more than a half hour before the thing. Miles Bridges' mom was even like had a face, like a disgusted look on her face because she was disappointed in him for not being able to like, freaking make the dunk. And then the dunk that won it was Diallo jumping over Shaq and then putting his whole arm pretty much in the rim, which was pretty Sick. pretty cool. But even the, the announcers were saying he did kind of use – Shaq's back for some letters. You actually look so, at it. He actually barely even touched Shaq's back. He just did to make sure Shaq has head down. 
Yeah, but the one there's a nice freeze frame of Diallo right on top of Shaq, and his Shaq's eyes are all lit up. I was like, because I mean, he said it's a good, it's a good overall dunk, but I'm, nobody's gonna remember that one from years to come. It's like people are gonna remember that alley oop in the All Star game, which we were talking about before, and you think it was sick, and I think it was just very hyped, overrated alley oop. You're a hater, but whatever. If you actually watch it, the cool, the most impressive part about it is that Steph. Bounced the ball that high and that accurately. Yeah, you know? no, that was crazy. But the fact is that Giannis is just a freak of nature. He's a little reach up like 13 feet in the air. It's cool. Damn it. I mean, he's already like seven feet tall. 13 feet's nothing. But still, it's cool to watch. It's like on that NBA street with like the, the crazy seven-footer guy you used to throw the lobs to. I love I would, it. Like I said, I would have been more impressed if he had to like actually do something to – Finish it flush. Like I said, we were saying Anthony Davis' alley-oop that he caught in the middle of the lane a couple years ago, and he reached back farther than anybody I've ever seen and mm-hmm. still followed through and finished it flush. Like I said, it just – the reactions of everyone were just – I guess, like I said, the, the expense of the ball being up in the air for so long, I don't know, just didn't really – there was cooler plays in the game. Freaking Paul George mocking James Harden on when James Harden was covering him, did his little travel step back and hit the hit it in his face. That was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin Durant just took over towards the end of the game, AKA why they won. I mean, the, there was, everyone was talking about how LeBron's team was easily going to win that game. They were down pretty much the entire game. And then at the end, you just had the more talented team just come out and win the most pointless game other than the pro bowl. <laughs> but ouch. All right. Um. Yeah. I, I. I. You know what? Maybe I'll watch next year. I don't know. I. I feel like Derrick Rose got. I was kind of pissed that Derrick Rose got. Derrick Rose got sniped. So. I mean, even like the thing is like, I always think it's funny when people get like annoyed by that. Even if he was in it, he would have played. The Carly and Towns only played 11 minutes, and that was one of the like the lower. Well, it would have been so cool to see Derrick Rose get back in after like where his career went. Well, I guess he's gonna have to do it another year. I don't. I think. I mean, I guess Derrick Rose wouldn't be a bad person to get in there because he's a name that people remember and he'd be exciting. But I guess there's other guys they thought deserved. It. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm honestly shocked that Luca didn't get in it. I am too. That was kind of BS. But I mean, just because of like, if they're gonna say it's a favorites thing, Luca's been a favorite on social media for he can't do anything wrong. It seems like, I mean, you don't ever see anything he does wrong. I guess. But yeah, so those are really all the main like sports thing i mean i guess there's the daytona 500 that i am personally had no interest in but i heard it was wreck after wreck after wreck oh my i did see on instagram oh my god it was terrible it was like 30 cars yeah that wreck with nine laps to go to i was like that's just got to be one of the most terrifying things in those cars that's also the most frustrating thing ever yeah, but, like, there's cars on, I mean, on top of you. Like, that's got to be freaky. And I think it was, <clears throat> like, almost the anniversary of when Daryl Earnhardt Sr. died, too. That's what's crazy. But, uh, yeah, so, guys, you can go follow up Belly Up Racing, too, a new Twitter account if you want more uh, racing talk. Because, like I said, me and Jared are more football, basketball, and baseball, and sports that people may or may not care about more. I'm not going to go there, but... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that gets us to the rundown. And we're going to start off with A.B., because why not? Antonio Brown just loves to keep his head in. Uh, I mean, you look like he looks now like the guy looks like a cartoon character. 
I just think he. I don't even think he wants to play football anymore. I think he just thrives with getting people all riled up. I mean, he's out here saying that Big Ben's like an owner and he doesn't know how to like. He wants his. I don't know. I can't even fathom. AB's done so much of this bullshit talking. It's like, who cares, dude? Like, whatever you say, nobody's going to care because they think you're either trying to start shit or you just want to get out of Pittsburgh. And Big Ben is the franchise player on that team. Like, they will keep him over to you. I don't know what to tell you, bud. I mean, listen, I I honestly don't care. AB can say whatever the hell he wants. I understand why he wants to get out of Philly. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh so bad. And, um... To me, it's just kind of I, I can live with it, live without it. It doesn't really matter to me. I um I too I the, the Big Ben thing, acting like an owner. I kind of get it. I I kind of get this thing because Big Ben does kind of have an attitude that just kind of ticks me off too. So. Well, yeah, definitely Big Ben. I mean, I was so sick and tired of him saying he was retiring, and then he was pissed that they drafted a quarterback in the third pick, and he's not going to help him and all that stuff. Like, yeah, the whole team just. They're just loud mouths, but I think it's funny is too. AB is now on the news, and then it's like no more Le'Veon Bell talk. Like, do we know what's going to happen with him? <laughs> like, this whole Steelers situation is definitely screwy. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to laugh if AB and <laughs> Le'Veon Bell are on the Steelers to start the season next year, but I don't actually see that happening. Well, I saw something on ESPN today about them trying to put the transition tag on him, and I started laughing. I'm like, dude, that would just be the dumbest thing ever. You really want to make yourself the most hated franchise in the NFL? Go do that. <laughs> but it's it just – it's so strange to me that all three of your best players and stars are just causing so much drama. Like, I mean, he's AB is supposed to meet with uh, the president, Rooney, this week or something. But, like, like how is this ha- – like, how do you lose the whole thing? And then – like I said, you, would, you expect this in, like, the Browns organization. But now the Browns are run like a tight ship. Which yeah, and now the Browns are going to be if the if the Steelers lose AB and Le'Veon Bell, the Browns will probably be projected to be second in that division behind the Ravens. Yeah, and the Bengals. The Bengals might honestly be one year away because they've got a good core. They just need nothing. They need to get rid of AJ Green, start over at the quarterback position too, and they'll be fine. Well, if that's the case, <clears throat> they're not. They're more than one year away. Fine. I mean, I don't know if they're going to keep AJ Green, but I keep seeing he's like on the trade block. So I don't know. I mean, if they can get something good out of it, I can understand, because what's the point of having him if you can't get a quarterback that throws it to him? But we'll see. Yeah, they got that new quarter, or new young coach in there. He might try to do something. Um, but Sean McVay. Yeah. I mean, he was the QB coach of Sean McVay, and look how great that Jared Goff played in the Super Bowl. But either way, uh, we'll see. One some... thing about one crack about AB, he looks like those random guys you see killing you, and, uh, killing you on, uh, what's it called, on um... – Grand Theft Auto with the, with the random colored hair and the different colored mustaches, stuff. <laughs> he does. He looks like a GTA character. It's it's weird, dude. Well, yeah. I mean, if you go if you go on GTA and you go to get a haircut, there's, I'm pretty sure that he has had every haircut design that's on there. Maybe that's where he gets his ideas. Who knows? Um, but speaking of people with crazy hair, uh, next topic is <laughs> the Patriots reached out, supposedly tried to get. Odell Beckham Jr. last year. I don't know how this kind of stuff doesn't come out last year and it comes out now. I don't. I mean, I feel like everything usually makes its way to the media, but that's pretty wild that a Patriots team would want to go after somebody like Beckham unless they think he could, they could change him. 
Because he does not fit their culture. There, there is a there is a good girl one and did a bad boy reference there somewhere. <laughs> I just you know what? To me, I look at it in the sense that I mean he's a talented wide receiver. He's probably he's a top ten talent. His brain is jelly at this point. But I mean, maybe the Patriots thought like their culture can kind of turn them around a little bit. I mean, I, I see the I see the appeal. So I mean, I understand it. I feel like the Patriots and the Giants, when they couldn't reach a deal, were like, let's just keep us in the DL. Well, I'm curious of what the Patriots were willing to offer for him. I feel like there was I don't know what they have either, but. It was probably, I have an interesting feeling. It was probably like a a high third or something like things that they were playing with house money, like draft picks from other teams or whatever. And they were like, here, have this. And the Giants were like, no, we want a first rounder. And the Patriots were like, that's funny. I mean, the Patriots have traded like second round picks for like Brennan cooks and shit like that. So yeah, no doubt about him. But like, I feel like that's maybe the max they offered. I don't think like, I think the giants might've offered a first round pick and they were like, Nope. I wonder if the Patriots did offer a first round pick and the giants still said, Nope. Unless they, unless the giants want a multiple first rounders. Maybe. Cause I mean, I, if I'm the giants though, there's no reason to get rid of these guys. You have Beckham and Barkley, <laughs> like you can get as many first rounds as you want, but that, those are some of the highly talented offensive players in the league. You just got to get to figure out the quarterback situation. You just better hope you can figure out that team before uh, they become free agents again. That's true. That is true. Um, but speaking of free agents, we are just transitioning perfectly today. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed have settled grievances with the NFL, <laughs> which means that, there's still going to be a bunch of drama, but now they're not trying to sue the NFL, and they've come to an agreement. There's nobody knows what the agreement is. I've heard that they're getting paid 25 mil to like pretty much shut up. I've heard that. I mean, Stephen A. Smith was on first take today, and he was just he was very not on the side of Kaepernick and Reed at this time, just because he was. He feels like if they signed something that said they if they go and somehow and like because Eric Reed's on the Panthers. If they go and play, they have to stand. Or he said, if they if they like pretty much bitched out in any way just to take all this money and do as the NFL says, he's gonna be pissed because you pretty much just blew everything that you were standing for. And Eric Reed for, looks like such a hypocrite because he called Malcolm Jenkins sellout. So that was so. I still I, there's got to be more behind that because it doesn't make any sense because Malcolm Jenkins has been on that side. He's just been he's doing it the purpose different way. They've been in the ambassador for equal rights in the NFL and like America, like for the NFL, like part of it. He has been like the head of that whole movement. So, but he's also like Malcolm Jenkins strikes me more as the guy who's going to lead. He's more, he also strikes me just way more intelligent than Eric Reed is. So, I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't, I can't, I'm hoping that that's correct, but because. Eric Reed does some pretty off the wall stuff, but I don't, I cannot judge. Eric their Reed's also, he just, he just is a different kind of player on the field. Like Reed goes for kill shots. Well, He's, you see, there's the, I love the whole. Well, Eric Reed went. Oh no, he went to LSU. His brother went to Stanford. I love when the people that go to Stanford, football players that go to Stanford, are guaranteed to have a high IQ because you can't get into Stanford unless. No, you, no, 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 I don't care. Like about that kind of crap, I, dude. I was supposed to go to LSU, so like, to me. It's just like his play on the field, especially since he came back. Like his first game back, it's against us. And he's taking kill shots at Wentz after the whistle. 
And like he tried to like fight Zach Ertz, and I'm like, what? What is your issue, bro? Because he went yeah, after Jenkins. Jenkins. He went after Jenkins on the field. Like, like, are you like that big of a fucking loser? Like, I get it. You guys are on the same side, but a house divided cannot stand. It's Abraham Lincoln. Like, the, the hell's wrong with you? I just, I've lost a lot of that game. I lost all respect for Eric Reed. I did. I, I'm like, you know, I said, I, I, I felt his cause that he had a right to say what he said. But then when he starts taking kill shots at them on the field, I'm like, dude, go after yourself, man. You're the reason that there, there is like a p- opposition. You're not helping your cause. You're making it look worse because you're making yourself look like a thug. Yeah, he definitely makes himself look like an asshole, which is not appealing to teams, and it's not appealing to people that are supposed to be standing on the same like his side. Um, but like I said, I'm curious if they, because it's supposedly confidential information. I'm curious if they will it's ever. It's not a smart move. Like everyone's talking about the uh, like uh, who is it? Mike Freeman, that jackass for Bleacher Report. I can't stand him, man. He's the worst. But he's like, oh, the NFL. They had NFL Kaepernick's lawyer of the NFL by the balls. I gotta remember the tweet. I wanted to fu- friggin' puke. First of all, you don't know that for a fact, you jackass. Second of all, this is the same guy who had like he like called in a Twitter warrior rant on some woman who tweeted out something. He just drives me crazy. But anyway, he was like, "Oh, they had the, the NFL by the balls." Da, 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 da. I'm like, you don't know that. Kaepernick could have been running out of money because his Nike contract could have been like he could have been drained through a Nike contract. I don't know, but like, or the NFL was like, listen, like. We don't really care anymore. Like, all these artists like, oh, until Kaepernick gets a job, but you're not taking jobs. It could have been just like they were just both sick of this thing and they want to move on so Kaepernick can keep working on his cause. Because this whole, this whole like, I, I there, there might have been at the beginning some collusion, but at the end of the day, like, it's been three years. He's not going to get a job. The AYF said, listen, we'll give you a shot. Two guys for $20 million, that lost all of his credibility right there. Because it's like, you're not worth, you weren't worth $20 million when you played for the Niners in the Super Bowl. So why the hell would I offer you that crap now? So, I mean, I don't know. I just, like, to me, this whole thing is, they should have gone full transparency because it would have shown a lot more of this. Because I don't know if there might have been collusion, and it's wrong. But at the same time, like, the public has the right to know. So, I don't know. I agree with Stephen A. Smith. This is kind of bullshit. I mean, I guess, but there's Mike also... Mike an asshole. <laughs> All right, moral of that story is... I mean, there is, I guess, but... I don't think we have to know. I mean, for people who are, like, in this cause, who Kaepernick and Reed are trying to draw their cause, like, the public has the right to know if they sold out in their terms. Because they were like well, Eric Reed was calling Malcolm Jenkins a sellout, and Cap, and, but like, um, are you guys sellouts? Like it's it matters from that aspect. I mean, I guess I just I don't know. I always I feel like if they're the ones that were doing it, they followed it. If they, I don't I don't think that they agreed to not kneel. That I do not think. But I also don't think. I wonder. It all really just depends on if Cap makes the NFL. That might have been why they did it, because then there might be a guarantee that he gets picked up or something. I don't know. It's very, like you said, it would be cool to know. It would be nice to know, but I don't think we have to know technically because it's not really our business, but it's business people that actually are involved, so I get that argument too. 
So you want an even worse tornado? Imagine Kaepernick gets signed to a team, but it's just so bad they cut him. Imagine the media hellstorm. I mean, and he probably – he would get cut too and everyone would be like, oh, he gets cut, but people that are way worse than him don't get cut. Like, And it's like, and then like the team who cuts him releases his practice video and it's him like airballing throws by like 20 feet. And I, but Yeah, I, then you would have people showing the other guy that made the team airballing throws. It would just be a huge mess. That's why – that's literally why nobody wants to do it because they know it's just too much of a risk. Yeah, and like if he's good enough to make the team but he's not as good as the starter, they're going to call for the starter. The only team I'd see the team picking up is the Panthers. Because what, are they going to go out Cam Newton? Really? Yeah, I mean, I would, I still like think that the Giants would be a fit. I mean, you, oh that'd God. be a... Them Odell together, that'd be an interesting... Odell team. and Barkley, like, I mean, that, that, that whole offense could be lethal. He wouldn't have to throw the ball. And if he did, he'd just throw it to Odell and got a slant. Yeah, and, and like Odell can just break it off. But I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, it's gonna be an interesting off season. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna switch it up a little bit and go a little baseball talk, and we'll start off with Bruce Bochy, the manager for the Giants. I saw his name in the news, and I was like, no way, he's retiring. He's not retiring this year. He's, this will be his last season. Uh, very like back and forth. I mean, he's obviously a great. Good, good, great manager because, I mean, his team's had – I don't know how many exactly he's coached to win the World Series, but for those that, there was that one – there was that time, period of time where it was like every other year the Giants won or the Cardinals won. It was just pretty wild. But uh, I was – I'm happy he's retiring rather than getting fired. Yeah, that's the best way to go out. And as a Diamondbacks fan, I am very happy he's retiring. Um Bruce, we loved you. You gave us some great games. Um, but thank God you're retiring because that just means one more notch off the list. See, now I wonder if the like if the Giants are going to be remotely competitive this year. And if they are, if they are not, will they just blow this team up? Like Bumgarner will be gone, I think. Yeah, I mean, so if I'm looking at the NL West right now, and I, I mean, we could there's going to be another NL West story coming up after this, but – yeah, the, the Dodgers, who are the obvious favorite, they have the most loaded team, blah, 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 blah. Then it's a dogfight between Arizona and Colorado because Colorado's got a better offense, but Arizona's got better pitching. And they're kind of in the middle of defense. So it's always a dogfight between those two for the second spot. And then it's 50 feet of crap, and then it's San Diego and, and San Fran. Everyone's like, oh, San Fran's got a good team. Once you get rid of Baumgartner, that rotation goes from a B-plus B to a C-minus real quick. And their bullpen is eh. So, I mean, I don't see the Giants being competitive. I think this is him seeing that during spring training already. And he's starting to be like, okay, maybe it's a good way just to kind of be like my retirement tour. Yeah, I think it's a smart move on his part. And he's getting he was getting, he's getting up there. and Oh, yeah. he's he, He's been around for a while. I'm surprised, Ron, like, another one, Ron Gardner is still around, too. So, I mean, yeah, he's been around forever, too. So Yeah, but we'll stay baseball and – Two names in the uh, in the news, and they're not Manny Machado or Bryce Harper for once, because those two decided to just sit and do nothing with themselves. But your boy Zach Grinky and Mike Trout, I'll let you get going with the Zach Grinky talk. With your <laughs> All right, Zach Grinky, my boy, probably one of the most overpaid players on our Diamondbacks roster. 
But you know what? He he's been our ace for the past three years, so I'm not gonna complain. He he's not a big fan of spring training, so he showed up. I think it was like a day or two late. The most pitchers catchers and everyone was like maybe wondering like, oh, is he unhappy with Arizona? Is he gonna get traded? Shows up is like, listen, guys, this is the happiest I've been. I love playing for Arizona, but I don't like spring training. I'm paraphrasing here, guys, by the way. And then he then goes on to say, I think this is a pretty solid team. We, we, I think it can make a run. And as a Diamondbacks fan who had his heart broken watching his favorite player get traded, even though sometimes, I don't know, like Goldschmidt always kind of felt like kind of a half favorite player to me. Like I could never really get fully behind him because he's so quiet. But I did some research today at work because we were doing a cleaning job. And it was a complete joke. The Diamondbacks aren't as bad as everyone thinks they're going to be, only because, oh, they lost A.J. Pollock. He played maybe a full season the last three years total. Oh, they lost Patrick Corbin. Yes, that's going to hurt, but he's inconsistent. The only piece that really hurts is Goldie. And there's two guys I want you to look for, baseball fans. Mark, you especially, because you're going to be crap about this. But John Ryan Murphy, who we got from the Yankees in a big trade. and That is such a baseball name. Oh, yeah, right? John Ryan Murphy. Uh, So... I nicknamed him just ripping moonshots because every time he came in last year for pitch hitting, he hit a ball into the grill above the left center field bleachers. And I was like, that's like a 460 foot shot. Why the hell is he not catching every day? The dude's got a, the dude's got a, a thunder stick at the plate. And I love it. And there's the other guy we got Christian Walker. Who's been hitting, who's been just launching long balls in the minors for like last three years. He may replace Goldie at first. We might move Jake Lamb there. Who's an all-star two years ago. I don't know. You guys got to do something with Jake Lamb. He's too good of a young talent. I feel like I don't waste his prime. Well, we haven't, honestly, if we can get, if we can find a way to get Escobar, who we paid a good amount of money for to be one of our better players, all-star David Peralta, this kid, Christian Walker and Jake Lamb. That's not a bad lineup. That's better than most lineups in the West minus LA whose lineups loaded, but I don't know. I, I'm optimistic. I think Granke has some merit to this. I mean, he may be reaching a little bit, but they get one more bat maybe in center field, and that team's, that team's not bad at all. So I like it. But uh, your boy Mike Trout, our boy, he's an Eagles fan. Yeah, Mike Trout, Eagles fan. He was uh, asked. Philly, well, he's from New Jersey, but. He, so it's uh, in the Philly area, sort of. Yeah, the, the greater Philadelphia area. But uh, he was asked a question today or he was in an interview or press conference or something like that. And his take on the Phillies was, I have not gone a day this winter without someone asking when you come into Philly. And he said, I cannot <laughs> predict the future. I cannot predict the future is the greatest thing I've ever heard, which means I want to go there. I just can't predict when it's going to happen. Is that just me being a Philly homer and wanting him to come here? Of course. Did I also read something that said Mike Trout offered Bryce Harper Eagles season tickets for the chance of him to going hunting with Wentz if Harper would sign with the Phillies. Yes, I read that, but the guy also said the sources are that we did not land on the moon. So there's a lot of things going on in the world right now, but hope that Trout is a Philly is in the air. That is all. <laughs> I like that. I mean, listen, man, I got a talk, chance to talk about my team. You got a chance to talk about yours. Yo, I would love to see a Philly, Arizona, and LCS because you and me will be at each other's throats. I I would it would be the craziest NLCS because those two teams are not probably predicted to do much this season, even if 
I mean, even if the Phillies get Harper, I don't know what the projections are for this season. Well, who's the other teams? I think if the Phillies get Harper, they're it's them in Atlanta duking it out for the West. I mean, for the East and the West, LA goes on one of those streaks last. Arizona lost so many games because of their bullpen. That's the one thing they improved this offseason by getting guys like Greg Holland, like low, 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 like low radar guys, but guys who won't blow saves and blow easy wins. I mean, I don't know. I, it's not like either team's bad. It's just a matter. Also, a lot of teams are division got worse, which gives me, which for you gives you hope. For me, I stay even where I was last year. I mean, we still have a shot. And the fact that the Rockies still haven't made helped out Ardenado story and cargo, and they're probably going to try to deal cargo again. So I, I look at it like, I mean, there's hope for both of us this year. Yeah. This is why baseball is such a great sport because you don't need a loaded lineup to win unless you're Boston. Like if you have a good bullpen, solid pitching and you get time hit timed hits and you don't screw up, you will win a lot of games. The giants prove that multiple years in a row. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's what, also, it's also a great sport because, and to keep your hopes up because you can be the Mets of last year, start the season off 12 and two, and then go like, Oh, and 22 in your next like 22 games. Or you can it's be the like, Mets of, of 2015 who literally were like garbage at the all-star break and then come off and go to the world series. Exactly. You can always, it, it's a lot, it's a long season, plenty of room for hope. I mean, there's always like, there's teams that are that bad. I mean, the Reds last year that were, God awful. Someone to come around. Yeah, they came around there towards the end, but um, I love the Reds are my sleeper in the Central. Like I swear to God, like everyone's like saying, "Oh, Chicago's division to lose," or you know, yeah, I think about St. Louis because now they just had a Goldie. But I'm like, Cincinnati's not a bad squad at all. It's tough, like like you said. I mean, and the Brewers are there too. Come on, that's the best division of baseball, probably. I was just saying, now you say it, now that you say that, and they just picked up Moustakas, it's definitely going to be uh, a definitely. I feel like it's always just a bruiser like division. Like a, I don't know how to compare it to like a bruiser division football. That's like it's like the NFC East this year. Like each team beat the living hell out of each other. Yeah. So like I mean, or it's like the SEC of a couple years ago, where like eight teams were good. It's or basketball in the ACC every year. It's it's kind of just like whoever is going to survive. Gets in. They're not neat. None of those teams are going to have over 90 wins because they're all going to lose games to each other. Yeah. Like there's four teams. Like, and that's why I like to always, there's always like two teams in the NL West getting in for the, for those playoffs. Cause the NL central was beats loving hell on each other every year. And the East usually has one team that's relevant this year. There may be two. So I don't know, but. But yeah, so one more topic and we're going to switch it up back to basketball and uh, our favorite person in the world, Jason Tatum. He won the skills challenge. He beat Trey Young. The best half court shot ever. It was pretty like that is that was almost more exciting than most of the NBA All Star game. But and it was a ballsy thing to try. I mean, Trey Young had it in the bag, but half court shot to win it. Respect to that. But I guess Tatum was feeling on his high horse, uh, feeling pretty pumped up after that, and he was quoted saying that. After that win in the skills challenge that the Celtics will win the finals this year. All right. I have a couple <laughs> things to say. One, God, if another Boston team wins a, wins a championship, I'm moving to Canada. Two, um, I, I don't know. I just, 
I like his why? Ha- why say it? I don't understand why people try to make these predictions. Like the only time it ever worked in my life is Alshon Jeffrey, and that was when he was on the Bears. So technically, it wasn't really that. But it's just I don't understand why. Like you know, you're gonna get backlash for this. Just shut up and play the damn game, and then win. God. You also just hate the Boston Celtics. So I mean, I would hate if freaking Ben Simmons would have said that. I would have hated if Embiid would have said that. I would have hated it. What if, if they would figure out Kendall Jenner said it? I would. Tell her, oh, that would be even, I'd be even more pissed. I'd be like, you better go to every freaking game. We better win all of them because it's your fault. Then if we don't, I would hate the Kardashians for their geniusness of how they win, make all their money. And I don't understand how. But yeah. Don't freaking guarantee championships. You all see what people do on their tattoos on their bodies. It never works out. It worked out once for us, but that was just so random. It didn't matter. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. We were just like the most like. There was no, there was like borderline nothing that could stop that. Like there were so many chinkses and like things that went wrong those two weeks before the Super Bowl, and we still found a way to win. I was like, yeah, this is just destiny. There's no way this is not happening. It really, it really did feel that way. But yeah, Jaden Tatum, I really hope the Celtics. Even though part of me thinks I don't want the Celtics to win the what's it called the finals, but. I think they would give the Warriors, if the Warriors make the finals, the best run for their money because they're deeper and they have skilled players. But I don't, I'd rather I'd be rooting for the Warriors. So what's the point? I mean, the team that I think, if they can just get one, I mean, the deadline's passed, but they can get a couple of vets. I think I saw, I was talking to my coworker about to say he's a big Raptors fan. I'm like, yo, y'all just make smart moves. Like, there's no, it, like, everyone's talking about all these flashy moves that your Sixers made. And I'm like, I looked at the Raptors roster there. I was like, shit. This is a team I could smoke somebody with in 2K. Like, it's not – and I, this is, like, kind of the wrong analogy, but, like, I'm like, all right, they match up really good against Golden State only because they have something that Golden State really doesn't have, and that's a long, big man who can stretch a little bit. That's Marcus Law. I love that acquisition. I love that they have Serge Ibaka, who's just physical, but he can still shoot a little bit. And, of course, Kawhi is just a killer. And I love him. And I, I always have loved Kyle Lowry because he's just, he's just a good player and – I, don't know, I just I love that roster from up to down. I'm like, uh, ooh, it's not bad. And also, I do love Milwaukee's as well. I still think those are the two teams that are going to represent the East because I think Philly and Boston are going to beat the loving hell of each other in the playoffs. And then we're going to play the winner of Toronto, Milwaukee, and the winner of that is going to smoke whoever comes out of the Boston Philly series. But you know, yeah, I think it depends on how the rankings work out, but. I already said if the if the Sixers have to play the Celtics in the with before the Eastern Finals, then they're gonna lose because for some reason we talked about last time. If you play them in the finals, they have a shot because Boston just seems Celtics just find a way to choke in the fight in the finals in the East Finals every year. So yeah, so yeah, that wraps up this week's rundown. Alrighty, so ladies and gentlemen, bring on the Smooth Jazz. It's time for last call. Um, so the NBA released uh it's i I don't know where the source was officially from but i pulled this off michael vick actually shared it so i I looked at it um so it's final espn all-time top on this is not official i tried to look it up but so far here are these rankings even if this isn't at espn i am asked i'm so pissed at this because there's one player in here that was left out and it's making me a little ticked one mj no question two kareem love it three LeBron, I'll give it to you. Four, Magic. Five, Will. Six, Larry Bird. Seven, Bill Russell. Eight, Tim Duncan. Nine, Shaq. Ten, Akeem. Love that top ten. 
11, Oscar Robinson, love it. 12, Kobe, eh, he should have been higher, but whatever. 13, Jerry West, 14, Dr. J, 15, Moses Malone. This is where it gets kind of, I get kind of pissy, these next two. Three, actually. Four. Honestly, this whole top 16 through 20 has pissed me off. Carl Malone shouldn't be any higher than 18. Dirk, oh, come on, get off your nostalgic high horse. Charles, okay, maybe he can be 19. John Stockton, really? He didn't even win anything. And tw- he, if it wasn't for Carl Malone, he wouldn't even be famous at all. Except for those really crappy shorts he wore. And 20, the Admiral, probably one of the top 10 best centers of all time. I, I Maybe top five. I just thought, yeah, man. There's one player who's missing, and it's pissing me off. And honestly, you can even throw him, where the hell's Ray Allen? But where the hell's Kevin Garnett? Are you serious? Arguably the second best power forward of all time. I would put him ahead of Malone. Because he actually won and was a consistent defender while Malone was one of the originators of the OA defense. I, I, this is the most, this is a dumb it. Like, 15 through 20 are stupid. Um, I'm just, as, this is the most asinine list I've ever seen after 15. I hate it. Like, Garnett is clearly better than Dirk Nowitzki. Garnett is clearly better than Charles Barkley. And better dresser on NBA TNT, too. John Stockton shouldn't even be in this list. David Robinson, I like at 20, so I'll give him that one back. But yeah, those four just pissed me off. I don't know, Mark, what do you think? I think I was excited for your argument until you said Kevin Garnett, because then I just take the homer and put that in there. Shut but I, I agree that Kevin Garnett was good and pretty great but second best power forward of all time behind Duncan prove me wrong I mean Tim Duncan's one of the greatest players I think he's very underrated and I think Tim Duncan's Duncan's the best power forward of all time but Garnett's number two he's better than Malone he's a better defender he's better than Dirk because he wasn't soft and he actually could play more than one position on the field Garnett played three different positions in his career yeah but he was dominated all but Dirk pretty much beat the Miami Heat by himself Okay, he had help from JJ Bray and Jason Terry. Let's and like, okay, okay, you just gave it away. JJ Barea, who's five foot nothing and just plays like, like he plays his heart out every play, and Jason Terry, who's also like pretty... there were other pieces. There was also Tyson Chandler, who literally stopped LeBron from getting to the lane every time. It wasn't like that team had no stars. They just were a very a bunch of role players, but. You also realize that's where the, the Heat chemistry kind of just fell apart. They, I think they, if I think if Dirk retired when Kevin Garnett did, we would have a different opinion on Dirk. No. I still think that Dirk is probably the third or fourth best power forward of all time. Guaranteed the best foreign player of all time. But I would still put Garnett ahead of him. Even if I put Dirk at three, Garnett's still two. I mean... Like your argument's definitely valid. There's not like I'm just busting your balls, but for yeah, me, if you're, if you're everything, you. <laughs> everything past the top ten doesn't. Mean, if you're not in the top ten, I really don't care. I guess. I think top twenty is uh, is a pretty good place to start. I don't know. But I feel like the top ten till <clears throat> twenty thirty could be very. It's like oh oh, I could put them here. I could put them there. I could put it like it's very. It, you can mix it up however way you want it. But the current thing is, why the hell is John Stockton even in? There? I mean, I guess because we didn't, I never really watched him, but I heard he was a magician with the ball. I don't know if that counts, but. 
I mean, John Stockton wouldn't make what it about probably. Allen Iverson? Holy shit. <laughs> Reggie Miller. Like, oh my. Patrick Ewing. Like, Jesus. Like, there's so many players I'd put ahead of John Stockton. Maybe they did that just so people like us would talk about it. Never think about that. Probably. I don't know. I'm getting. I don't know. John Stockton, though. I, I, I mean, I know he was good, but top 20. That's overshooting it. All right. Um, that about wraps up for me. You got anything else? No, that's it for me, too. All right, folks. Hopefully Thursday my voice is back. Uh, we will see you then. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.